Are you a defense financial manager looking to invest in your career? Attend PDI, the Professional Development Institute in Phoenix, Arizona, May 29th to 31st. PDI is the premier annual training event for the DFM community with over 100 educational sessions, 300 speakers, and the ability to earn up to 150 continuing professional education credits. This three-day event enhances the knowledge and skills of defense financial managers in the DOD, U.S. Coast Guard, and public and private sectors. Register today at PDI2024.org. Early bird rates end April 30th. Hey folks, Commander Mark Devine here coming at you from Seal Fit and Unbeatable Mind headquarters in sunny San Diego with Mark Devine's Unbeatable Mind podcast. Today we're going to continue our Dare to Be Special series. Before I get started though, maybe I remind you to go to our website at sealfit.com and drop your email into our opt-in list so we can keep you informed of all the cool things we have going on at Seal Fit and Unbeatable Mind. All right. Four-step process for channeling courage in the toughest situations is the title of this section. It was as violently drastic of a change as it sounds. One week, I was dressed smartly each day in a suit and tie, swinging a briefcase in my hands as I hustled through the streets of midtown Manhattan in the Formula One level of the business world's rat race. I was an up-and-coming 20-something, already collecting the equivalent of a six-figure salary. The opportunities for big lifestyles in the city of luxury were glittering in front of me like Times Square itself. Then the very next week, I was boarding a bus for U.S. Naval Officer Canada School. In place of the briefcase, I was swinging a sea bag. In my other hand, I gripped my bow staff, a weapon historically rooted in feudal Japan, symbolic of my four years of karate training. As you recall from my earlier podcast, my training in the martial arts and Zen meditation ultimately opened up a new world of self-awareness that launched me on this dramatically new path. You can imagine this bow was a valuable reminder of my journey and at the time seemed to have a great importance to me. As I disembarked from the bus at Officer Canada School, it didn't take long to assess that the gunny sergeant who greeted me didn't share my enthusiasm for this stick. What are you going to do with that, son, he smirked, then answered the question for me with some graphic imagery that I won't relay here. Things swiftly began to sink in. I was a Green Horde Navy officer candidate who would soon be issued a blue polyester uniform replete with anchors on the shoulders. Along with the comforts I had enjoyed as an up-and-coming CPA in New York City, my six-figure salary had vanished. In its stead would be a monthly check for $500 and to rub a little battery acid into the fresh set of wounds I was required to salute every Tom, Dick, and Harry I came across. Self-incriminating doubts boiled to the surface. Grr, what have you done to my comfortable lifestyle? Are you nuts? You've thrown it all away. My fear wolf, in other words, was snarling at me. Well, I was there, and it was really happening. And if I didn't want to be devoured by my fear wolf, I knew I had to get confident quick. That meant starving the encroaching, all-devouring fear by feeding my courage wolf. You know the story well by now. 
has become one of our big four skills of mental toughness at SealFit. As a nail will push out another nail when hammered from above, fear is also pushed aside when you stoke and feed courage. Courage, however, can only be accessed after the commitment is made. Then it's got to be fed a constant barrage of positive self-talk and emotional stimulation that will literally drown out the fear and convert that energy into a powerful source of determination. This process requires constant, habitual reframing of every challenging situation into the most positive possible light. This is critical when situations are particularly shitty. And my karate bow enabled me a colorful opportunity to put this process to test sooner than later. As the gunny sergeant dropped me down and finished his salty barrage, the push-ups and mind games ramped upward. I had plenty of training from Nakamura in controlling my mind and emotions, so I made a game out of it. Hey, if this gunny is going to have fun with me, then sure should I can have fun with him too, I told myself. So I put a smile on my face and chose to make this moment and the whole of Officer Cannon School and later the enormity of Buzz training, Hell Week and all of it, one three-letter word, F-U-N, fun. As I was getting hammered by the gunny sergeant, I framed things this way. Why not be positive about this situation? After all, the following could have been true. One, I could be dead, and that would suck. Two, I could be back on Wall Street, pecking numbers into my calculator, and that would also suck. Three, I could be unfortunate enough to lack the physical aptitude or intelligence to even get a shot at the SEALs, and that would suck. Four, I could be in Somalia grumbling for food, and boy, that would really suck. So all things considered, I did have it pretty good. So I told myself to stop feeling sorry, put a smile on my face, and charge ahead. Over time, this process of reframing became an attitude and a habit, and an ingrained four-step process evolved to starve fear and feed courage when things get tough. First, check in and remind yourself why you're here now. Then remind yourself that things can always be worse. Then reframe the situation to find that silver lining. Find that lesson. And finally, feed that courage wolf by taking yourself out of the frame and into a new frame of positivity by talking yourself and being optimistic about your chances of success or winning the mission. Easy day, right? Hoo-yah. This type of mental management is super powerful. It'll get you through a challenging moment and counter the suckiest of situations with fresh energy and spirit. However, to really stay the course over the long haul, you need to forge some serious grit. Grit is that critical skill that helps you be in the top 20% of the top 20%. Here's what I mean. Consider how valuable the Navy SEAL teams are in this day and age of Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and the brand of missions required to fight an enemy such as them. Now, factor in the costs associated with the military selection process that's so demanding that 80% of those who have qualified to start SEAL training, which is no easy task in itself, fail to make it. When you dig in, the attrition rate is worse than it first appears. Each SEAL training class of roughly 175 to 180 that assembles on a pre-dawn Coronado for day one on the grinder of training is a mere fraction of those who apply. By my count, with five SEAL classes a year, there's roughly 4,500 young men who apply for one of those coveted slots on an annual basis. 
of which around 875 to 900 or so are granted a shot of buds. Annually speaking, roughly 175 to 200 survive the six-month training program and get the trident pinned on their chest. So if we do the math, it comes down to a stark digit that raises some eyebrows. Only 4% of those who aspire to become frogmen, Navy SEALs, actually succeed. Those stats are pretty rough. SEAL Training Command once observed that everyone who applied at the recruiter level was an athlete and sincere in their desire and readiness. Yet only 20% of these applicants made it to BUDS. Then of those who made the cut and go to BUDS, all of them looked great on paper. They had the baseline level of fitness required. They had the intellect based on the ABVAB test and the personality to succeed based on a personality profile. Each trainee truly thought they would be a SEAL, as did their parents, coaches, and mentors. And truly, they are some of the best and brightest young talent in our country, a mix of high-achieving academic types and athletic state champions, achievers through and through. Yet only one of five of them make it through training. The BUDS commander who took a look at these numbers had a question. What the heck is going on? They hired an expert to conduct a study to give them some hard answers. It was a psychologist trained in mental toughness and resiliency. This team rigorously assessed the few who made it from the starting line of BUDS to the end of the six-month ordeal. In time, they produced a report and an answer. And to the astonishment of the SEALs, the experts concluded that the last men standing at BUDS, 20% of the original class, had, get this, grit. No shit. Now, we wonder how much the Navy paid for this profound insight, which you and I could have told them for free. So evidently, the 4% of the interested population who can make it through buds have grit. All right, we put a name on it. But why don't we avoid all the fuss and expense and just recruit the guys who have grit? Good question. It's obviously not that easy to know who has grit and who doesn't. There's very little in normal life that simulates the SEAL experience to compare it to, except, of course, for SEAL Fit, which is a recent addition to a candidate's quiver. Grit is a skill that the lucky 4% somehow stumble upon or actively cultivate, such as on the farm, the inner city, or some gut-wrenching athletic endeavor over a number of years. Therefore, it appears, and we have confirmed this at SealFit, that grit is a skill. And here's the good news. Skills can be developed. So if this is the case, then how can you develop seal-like grit to have the courage and confidence to persevere through any challenge in your own life. Resiliency. The ability to bounce back quickly after a setback. It's an important component of grit. It's not the whole of grit, but certainly an important part of it. My mentor, Mr. Nakamura, used to say to us, fall down seven times, get up eight. I love that. That's resiliency. Get nailed with the blow and jump back to your feet and start moving again. And if you can do it with a smile, all the better. What's the more common response to getting knocked down? Well, it's to pause too long while assessing damage and mourning your loss, destroying momentum, and allowing motivation to seep through the cracks. Or two, you retreat and vow to try again another day, which is a day unlikely to come. Or three, you may limp along in self-pity, wondering why your tidy little plan failed. Or four, you blame someone or something else for the perceived failure, and you throw in the towel, you quit, you ring the bell. People with resiliency don't succumb to these weak responses. Rather, they hungrily embrace the temporary setback as a learning moment for the insights that it offers. 
They innately know that they will grow and become stronger by persisting through these challenges. Getting knocked down, in other words, is good. It holds within it the seeds of becoming a better person. But grit is also about emotional strength. Though control of your mind is crucial for resiliency, grit also requires understanding, controlling, and working with your emotions. Most successful people in the world are not successful just because they have thundering IQs and the ability to endure failures, but more important because they have off-the-chart EQs, or emotional quotas. They learn to understand and control their emotions so that when they are kicked in the groin, they don't lose control. Instead, they smile and keep moving. Connecting emotionally builds their social intelligence, allowing them to lead from the heart and have compassion for their teammates and even their adversaries. What I'm saying is that not only do they bounce back with speed, they do so with a pleasing personality, while leading their team effectively to the other side of the challenge. And since SEAL instructors are charged with selecting their next crop of teammates, at BUDS they're looking for this refined quality of grit in the candidates, which is demonstrated as calm, authenticity, and leadership while under the harshest of conditions. Emotional intelligence requires a combination of agile self-control and a high self-esteem. These fuse into an attitude of optimism about your prospects now and in the future. The emotionally mature person has self-confidence to feel that they will find a way or make a way, whatever is necessary to achieve the objective. Equally important that faith in themselves allows them to focus more on the team rather than falling prey to a pity party absorption in their own struggles. This too shall pass becomes their mantra as they keep their mind on their why, their heart on the team, and their eye on the task. When the smoke clears and the sun comes up, they find themselves in the company of the 20% of the 20% who have grit, and then they're ready to take bold action. Hoo-yah. Thanks for listening, folks. This is Mark Devine. Till next time, train hard, stay safe, and go get gritty. Out here. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.